Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome to The Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Archiquette, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Joshua Gray. Hi, John. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Super Bowl this weekend. It is indeed. Uh, yeah. Neither of our teams are playing. No, no. Ohio State is not playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and the the Packers got shut out. Uh, thanks to one of the uh, one of the guests that we have. His team uh, knocked us out from contention. So we'll uh, we'll figure out who that mystery Detroit Lions fan is in a little bit here. In a little um, bit, like right now. Right now. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> So today we have uh, two brand new guests with us. We have James Taylor, um, not the '70s singer songwriter, um, unless you you know. Did a I mean, I could <laughs> sing a song for you if you really want to. <laughs> we, we might get to that later. Depends how much time we have to fill. <laughs> um, and he's representing the VA Vital program. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's um, really the the crux of today's conversation is education and you know furthering education for veterans. Uh, joining us as well is Jeff Diedrich, and he is a representative from UNLV. Yes, sir. So welcome, both of you. Um, we're here about a program that I am just learning about um, this week, and it's really interesting, and I definitely want to look more into it. So um, it's a conversation that is of personal interest to me as well. Uh, you know, with, with people looking for jobs out there, um, one term I've been hearing is degree inflation. You know, a lot of stuff with inflation going on mm-hmm. um, in our country, but degree inflation was a something that's kind of a, a new topic for me. Uh, it's basically when, you know, the, the rising demand for bachelor's degrees and jobs uh, that didn't previously require one and jobs that people may not have a degree that are currently in those positions. But of course, when you start seeing them pop up on Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever, they're requiring at minimum a, a four-year bachelor's mm-hmm. degree. Um, so, you know, those of us who are leaving the military, you know, whether or not we have a degree, we're going to be facing a job market where that's kind of a requirement. Um, you know, one thing that's, that's pretty great though, with our current veteran population and, you know, it was actually kind of surprising to me was that 42% of 42% of veterans that are of working age. So 25 to 65 actually have at least a bachelor's degree, which is higher than the national average of 37.9. So that's a great, that's a great statistic, right? Roger. Yeah, it Uh, is. But you know, it goes to show that, that there are a lot of programs that are necessary, whether it's the GI bill or, or Mm -hmm. other programs to help veterans get that education while active duty or after leaving service. And that's where you two gentlemen come in. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> so the, the, the thing that really spurred us to, to bring you gentlemen on is the Veteran Upward Bound Program. Mm-hmm. Um, so we first heard about this. And why don't you tell me a little bit about what the Veteran Upward Bound Program is? So the Veteran Upward Bound Program comes out of the U.S. Department of Education. So they're five-year grants. Um, they're geographically located, so you're going to find them in different areas across the country. So you have to write for this program. You have to gather data, how many veterans are in the area, what's, you know, the average income, are they first generation, you know, that kind of stuff when it comes to education. So, the, the, well, actually, the Department of Ed didn't come in until later on in the late 70s. So in 1972, um, as the Vietnam vets were coming back, they developed this Veterans Upper Bound program, and it also developed the other adult education program that I oversee at UNLV called the Education Opportunity Center. So the intent of the Veterans Upper Bound program is to help with veterans with that transition 
into a post-secondary education program. And it doesn't mean it's got to be university. It could be a certificate, associates, a vocational technical degree. And it's to prep them for that type of material. Um, and an example of that is James gets out of the Army and he has his GI Bill. But he doesn't know where to start because when I got out of the Army, I didn't know where I was going to start. I was shooting from the hip on everything. How do I access my GI Bill? What school do I go to? Oh, I didn't know universities had standards for admissions. The Veterans Upper Bound covers that piece. So James gets out. He goes to an area that has a program where he's actually in an area that has one. We do an intake on him, and then we do an assessment test. And what we're gauging is his arithmetic comprehension and his writing. Based off of that, we develop an education plan for him that will prep him to get into whatever program he's looking into. And through that, we're also helping him with the admissions piece. We're helping him find a program that he wants to go to, um, financial aid, scholarship research. There's some career counseling involved. Um, we're actually partnering with Vegas PBS for this new platform called Job Joptimize that when James comes in, we have him take that assessment test and then it'll spit out stuff that based off his answers that they that or the program might think he's eligible for and then we'll use that just as a guiding piece for him so that's really the intent of the veterans upper bound it's just to prepare veterans for some type of post-secondary education and then you know helping them apply for the gi bill um and anything that we can't handle educational wise then we refer out to community resources refer to the va like james or at vital or we'll refer to I know the organization that can help the veteran if we find out they're having some monetary challenges with paying rent or something. So, because the Department of Ed wants us to document this stuff, where are we referring our veterans that we're serving for education, but where else are we sending them out in the community to help them out? So, that's really the intent of the Veterans Upper Bound program. So, whereas like the transition program for a lot of vet a lot of veterans, you know, when they left the military, mm -hmm. um, you know, they do a good job of like telling the veterans these are your you know job opportunities out there. Here's your you know boots to business they tell you all these things but they don't really walk you through that process yes right. so this is a this is a really nice segue to be able to like actually bridge that gap it does it 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 was a challenge for me because when i got out i didn't know i just knew i wanted to use my gi bill i was a medic in the army so i was like well i'll do medicine and be a doc or a pa um, because that's what i figured um, but it took me a couple semesters to kind of get the feel for everything. I had actually, I want to call it wasted, but I had a learning lesson with getting enrolled into a for-profit school. Um, and that kind of opened up my mind to, or my eyes to the whole higher education process. And the charges that the school was charging my GI Bill, I'm like, if you're charging me this amount of money for this four classes for a semester, like literally I need to be going to Harvard or Penn State or a big university. So I'm like, well, and then I started looking further into it. And then I'm like, well, let me transition to a state school. Came back out here to Vegas before um, I was living out here before I left for the Army and then transferred into UNLV. But even in on that transfer piece, I shot from the hip. I didn't know there were standards for a transfer student. I was just lucky enough to meet the criteria with my GPA and what they needed. Um, and then I got to working on campus at the Military and Veterans Service Center as an undergrad as that was being built. And then I really started learning the details. And as vets were coming in during that time period, I was, we were helping them out with that process. So we didn't have this program in place. We've been trying to get this program, the Veterans Upper Bound, for the last 15 years at my organization. We finally got it this year. So now the office at UNLV or the veteran office at CSN or the veteran uh, office out at Nevada State can refer veterans over to us to help them with that process because maybe they're not at the point where they can be admitted. 
Yeah, so, th that's actually a good point on that because you know, if somebody comes out here, I, I did the same. You know, yeah. I, was, I actually was in the Marine Corps before I was in the Army. I got out with the plan of I'm going to school. Yeah. No idea what I'm doing. So I went there. Didn't go well. And I was in the Army six months later yeah. because I thought, hey, the, right, I'm just going right. to go back to what I know. But you're right. When you go to these different schools and over at CSN, if I just show up there and say, hey, I want to go to school here, they're going to hand me a piece of paper and say, well, fill this out. Yeah. And if you don't know, you don't know. what am I filling out? Right. right. And they're, they're not staffed well enough to manage everybody that's come right. through the door. Yeah, because they have a ton of vets they're helping to mm -hmm. as well. And so I initially came under the, my EOC program because my old director, she was retired Air Force, and she wanted the veteran in a position as an academic coordinator to reach out to the veterans. So I came in that position once I graduated with my bachelor's. And now the offices, UNLV, CSN, they had a place to refer veterans to to help with that piece. Because there would be times I'd be in an office on campus, and a veteran would walk in and be like, hey, I just got out of the Corps. Cool. I want to come to UNLV. Awesome. Have you done an application? No, I didn't, I didn't know I need to do it. Do you know what the mission processes? No, I had no idea. But we had nobody to refer that veteran to. So now with the EOC, we could do that. So we were sending vets over to me, and I can help with that process. And then v, VUB is just more intense on what services we offer to the veteran to help them with the education piece. So how many folks do you find coming out of the service are, are in need of, of this kind of an education? Because I'm, I'm going to take a personal experience here and use it to paint with a really broad brush. Mm -hmm. um, but like when I joined the Air Force in 1996, you know, it was it was just the the regular GI Bill, obviously, um, and you only got like 100% tuition assistance if you were in a, a combat area, which at the time was like Kuwait and Bosnia, right? Mm -hmm. um, as as things progressed, you know, you had 100% tuition assistance for everybody. It didn't matter where you were. So as the and then and I retired in 2016. Um, the the people and the the airmen who were coming in you know that i was serving under and serving around irregardless of career field or anything like that they were all very college savvy mm -hmm. right because they were all taking advantage of those those college benefits right, right. so you know how many how many people and, and kind of what's the the average age bracket of folks that are that are taking advantage of these services I, it varies. I've yeah. helped veterans in my EOC program. I had a veteran come in pre-1972 before the DOD required high, you know, high school diplomas and helped him get his high set because that was a goal he had for himself. So somebody in that age range all the way to somebody, you know, that's in the 20s. Like, for example, um, academic coordinator couldn't join us today because we did an outreach event with the National Guard Brigade over here on Range Road, and she's actually sitting with a young National Guard troop right now helping her out. She's 20, 21. So it's that big of a gap. I've worked with veterans with that large of an age range in the six years, six and a half years I've been doing this job. Do you, do you find that a lot of those people are people that never touched education, thinking about it while they were in the service, and now that they're out, they're like, Ooh, I kind of has. I got, I guess, some buyer's remorse that they didn't take advantage of it while yeah. they were they were in the service. I see that a lot, um, and it, it is that when they come over to the university, whether they're going through a program to get prepared for it, or I meet them because they're already in school. A lot of them are very frustrated by that because they didn't take advantage of it when they were in service, and they feel like they're behind the curve mm -hmm. now that they're here because they're sitting next to these eighteen to twenty year olds. And I would say the average age, at least it seems like in the vet center, I would say it would be mid-30s, yep. early 40s is kind of the average of age group. There's younger and older, of course. But a lot of those folks, you know, you're sitting next to a 20-year-old who 
on paper is smarter than you. Right. And, <laughs> and just call it what sure. it is. Right. You know, I yeah. haven't been in a math class in 15 years and this mm-hmm. person just graduated high school and knows exactly what's happening. Right. And they become yeah. frustrated. You know, and that's where the vital program yeah. comes in, where I can help manage some of that stuff and some other things. But, you know, the, you do see a lot of the buyer's remorse. Yeah, you get kind of this imposter syndrome type of deal. Yes. Like, and I had this imposter syndrome. Right. I was when did I get out? I was like 36, 37, you know, same age range. And I'm like. I don't belong here. You know, you got these young kids here and they're going to school and you're like, dude, I just got back from Afghanistan and we just got out from doing this. But I found out that those kids are, they didn't care about that stuff. They were actually interested in, you know, certain classes you have open discussions. They were interested in what you had to say, you know. So I had a very positive experience with that piece. And um, I will plug UNLV on this. Um, we're federal, so I, we don't recruit for UNLV. So if James wants to go to Harvard or UCLA or get his truck driver's license, that's cool, and the gang will help him. With that being said, UNLV is a very veteran-friendly um, institution, very veteran-friendly. Um, the current president, President Whitfield, is um, the son of a retired lieutenant, or Air Force lieutenant colonel. He was a pilot, so he's huge. You know, He's a family member, so we have a ton of support. Um, at UNLV, so it's been a great institution to be a part of. So we talked a little bit about, you know, all the different age ranges and stuff like that for people, but there are some qualifications, factors that you have to meet to be a part of Veterans Upward upward Bound, correct? Yes, the only thing you really have to meet is be a veteran. That's it, that's it, and you cannot have a dishonorable discharge. That Those are the two pieces, really, that falls into the bracket. We can serve National Guard, we can serve Reserve, we can serve... Um, of course, veterans and then active duty as well. Um, of course, you have those pieces on what determines, you know, someone being on active duty and considered a veteran and stuff like that. But the Department of Education, um, the way they look at this is basic training and AIT and your tech schools and stuff, that all counts. So that's why we're able to do a whole encompassing program serving everybody's reserve or guard because they're counting that time, um, whereas some other places might not be doing that. So really, those are the only two pieces is um, – don't have a dishonorable discharge and be a veteran, you know. And one of the components of it is is because these programs were designed for low-income, first-generation individuals coming back all the way out to the Opportunity Act in 1964, out of, uh, the war on poverty out of President Johnson's administration. So two-thirds of our veterans, we serve 125 a year for five years, so a total of 625 vets. Two-thirds of those every year need to be low-income and first-generation. That's just a requirement for the program out of the – Department of Education. So we have to be, we have to scrutinize because they fill out an application. It's free. There's no charges to anything. This is a taxpayer funded program. But we do have to pay attention to that low income first generation piece because if we don't, then the Department of Education can pull the, the program back. And we don't want that because we've been trying to get it in the Valley for 15 years. And we want to keep it here. There's one more Veterans Upper Bound program up at Truckee Meadows, and they've been in place for 30 years. Um, so we have two here in, in the state that we're happy to have. So we, we want to do what the program up in northern Nevada has. We want to be in place for 30 years, too, serving our, our veteran population down here. So you keep saying the first generation. Yes. This is reference to a first generation to have graduated college or to attend Well, so college. The, the first generation piece, so the Department of Education, their definition of that is that the parents do not have a bachelor's degree. You're considered a first-generation student. I didn't know that until I started working in these programs because both my parents, um, they were both Army veterans too. They had associate's degrees. So when I started working this program, I found out that my brother and I were like, oh, we're first-generation. So if the parent has a bachelor's degree, then you're considered not first-generation. 
So anything below is, you know, Department of Ed is not looking at that. So that's what that's how we determine the first generation. So you're not disqualified if you're not a first generation. No, no, or, not at all. Or considered to be lower income. No, not at all. You're not disqualified from it. But again, we have to pay attention to that. And the beauty of how we have this set up here is because I manage two other programs, the EOC program. Um, I have to serve a thousand people a year in that program. So 2000 with basic educational needs. So if for whatever reason, a veteran we cannot get them into the VUB program because the criteria is just not there. I can get them into my EOC program because that criteria is not based upon the VUB criteria. And I have one of my academic coordinators is a Marine vet. So, you know, we have that piece there, an academic coordinator that works for my VUB. She's a family member. Her father was a Vietnam vet. So, you know, both of them, including myself, understand the GI Bill process and what we can do to help out the vet. So there's backup to the backup, we sort of speak on that. But with the GI Bill, you don't necessarily have to be qualified for the GI Bill in order to apply for veterans. No, you don't because the GI Bill has no effect on this program because you cannot tap into your GI Bill in this program because the, the stuff we're offering, the online tutoring um, and some other workshops, you're not getting paid for it. You're not getting credit for that stuff. So your GI Bill, you cannot use your GI Bill when you're in this program. It's strictly a, considered a pre-college preparatory program for veterans. Okay. Now, do you have avenues through this program to help veterans achieve financial aid? Like yes, that? so that's part of the piece is we sit down with them, and I encourage every veteran that's going to school, don't jump on the proverbial grenade like I did my first three years using my GI Bill because the money, there's literally millions of dollars out there for veterans to attend school, and they, these organizations know you have your GI Bill. Um, my senior year, I finally buckled down and did it, and I got $20,000 in scholarships and grants. Um, the challenge with that is it just takes time. You have to find the scholarships that you're eligible for, and we help with that piece. We don't help them, you know, sit there and do the work for them, but when it comes to the scholarships, we provide the tools and help them out. We sit down with them and make sure their financial aid application, the FAFSA, is filled out correctly. Um, we help with the admissions process to make sure the application is done correctly. Um, so we, it's a step-by-step -step basis. We're pretty much holding their hand because most vets, most adults, period, don't know where to turn when they're looking to go to an education program regardless of university or, or an associate's or whatever the case because the processes are the same most of the time across the board. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with James and Jeff. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Scammers exploit chances to commit fraud, like predatory law firms and non-accredited representatives targeting veterans and their survivors by offering to get you VA benefits. Report suspected fraud at va.gov slash OIG slash hotline. Learn about general counsel accreditation at va.gov. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Did you serve in the military? If so, you can obtain a free lifetime pass to more than 2,000 federal recreation sites. These sites are located across more than 400 million acres of public lands, including national parks, wildlife refuges, and forests. The lands host activities to fit any lifestyle, hiking, biking, fishing, camping, and much more. 
Gold Star families are also eligible for these free lifetime passes. Plus, they cover entrance fees for a driver and all passengers in a car, or up to three additional adults at sites that charge per person. Obtaining one is easy. Just go to the National Park Service website, nps.gov, or the National Park Service app. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Welcome back to The Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John, and of course, joining me is Josh and Jeff and James. Well, of course for me, because <laughs> so. I'm always here. They're not. Of course for me. Of course for you, but I just wanted to reiterate the fact that we have uh, four J names here. Of course. <laughs> the podcast. Um, we're talking about uh, furthering education through programs like Veteran Upward Bound. Um, Jeff is here from UNLV, and you were talking about the situations with veterans who maybe have never taken any college courses mm-hmm. and you know are intimidated about getting you know going to school for the first time. Um, I know with my generation of veterans, a lot of us did have tuition assistance the whole time they were in. Um, you know, when they were deployed, they had nothing else better to do than work out and take classes yeah. or, you know, they would take and clap tests and things like that. But a lot of us have at least some level of college education. And then for whatever reasons, you know, life, children, things come up, come up and, you know, they don't have a chance to, to finish that up. Um, what kind of things do you have in place for them to to get back into school? So we help with the process. So, like, if you were on active duty and you were going to, you know, a school at your installation, then we can help you get your transcripts and then look at how they're going to be submitted because we can't always tell how the institution – and the institutions are different across the board by the state because it because that's just how it is. So it's going to depend on what the veteran has – and how that institution is going to evaluate them and give them credit back. So, for example, when I went to that for-profit school and I first got out, did four classes. And it's based off accreditation. You have regionally and national accreditation. We're not going to go into the weeds on that. But because there's two different accreditations, that's how the institutions, you know, look at the schools and might accredit them differently. So, for example, I had those four classes. UNLV only took two. And of the two, I only got a certain amount of credits for. I didn't get the full credits because, and it goes back to the curriculum and what's in the curriculum. And so institutions have standards that they want in a curriculum. And it's, they're going to look at that based off what the classes are and what you've taken. So, but we help with that process. Um, and we try and help them find a solution that, say, maybe, uh, for example, we're currently helping uh, a Marine that's getting out. Um, and he has his associates through UTI, but UNLV is not really taking any of those credits because not because they don't want to, it's because of the accreditation because UTI is on a national, UNLV is on a regional. And when you look at national, national goes back to like your vocational tech schools, a few community colleges. And the regional is more for the universities, right? Your private, nonprofit, the big university. And it has to kind of do with the curriculum, how it's structured, the intensity of the curriculum. Not to say that vocational rehab or vocational tech programs don't have an intensity, but it's, it's a different level type of intensity. So, But we help the veteran navigate that process um, and work with admissions. You know, the same gentleman will help him with his appeals process to get him for fall term. So we're helping him with that. So that's really what the Veterans Upper Bound or VUB does is we're there to assist the veterans for as long as they need to in the program 
to get them into that school or that program and to help them be successful. And success just doesn't come from us. It comes from partners like James over at Vital, you know, where if we can't help him with a particular challenge that he has or she has, then we have community partners and organizations that we can refer the veteran to, like James, if they need to go talk to somebody or something, then, hey, go see James, because that's out of my wheelhouse. So, James, uh, you mentioned before that you are representing VA from the VITAL program. Tell us a little bit about the VITAL program. So the VITAL program is actually a very small and unique program throughout the VA. There's about 30 of us in the country right now. Uh, They're working to expand that. But VA uh, VITAL is a program set up that puts basically a VA provider on the campus. Um, As it turns out, a lot of vets going to school don't want to deal with the process of the VA. And we'll just call it what it is, right? Getting into the VA is a headache. Um, Getting appointments sometimes is a headache. There's a lot of pieces that during that time frame of life, you say, you know what, I'll do this later, right? And so then if it comes up later on in life where you need to get into the VA and you need it right now, that's a lot harder to manage, right? So uh, VA Vital, I'm part of behavioral health. So they, in theory, 50% of my job is providing mental health on campus. And that can be stress management. You know, you're upset with dealing with 18 to 20 year old kids <laughs> or whatever it is they're telling you about their <laughs> political situation, yeah. whatever that is. You know, so I'll see some of those, um, you know, full on crisis scenarios. I'm part of a program there that if there's students of concern, on the campuses, they can contact me and I can help manage whatever that situation is, but also with the enrollment. And so part of my role there is to make sure you have access to VA. Whatever VA programming you're eligible for, I wanna get you involved in that. And so part of my pitch, and this is mine, this is not VA officially, is that my goal is to reduce the red tape. So if you have any VA related question, call me. I give my cell number to every single veteran that I come in contact. It's a VA cell, not my personal, for the record. <laughs> but so I give out my, my phone number to everybody. And they, if you have an issue, whether it's a GI Bill related, hospital related, maybe you don't connect with your PCM and you want to get a different one, you don't know how to do it. You can call me and I will walk you through that process or do it with you. And really, the like I said, it's reducing the red tape. But in correlation to like this program, as I said, you know, if somebody's just getting out of Air Force, getting out of the Army, whatever, and trying to figure out next steps, and you're over in their program, and they realize, hey, this person has some other issues, or they're not enrolled in the VA, or maybe there's some other mental health stuff going on, or physical health stuff going on they need help with, he can call me and get me that veteran connected with me, and I can help them basically facilitate the process here at the big VA. And in a perfect world, they won't even have to come up to the hospital unless they need that service. Yeah. So even though you guys kind of do different things, it seems like you both kind of have the same goal of, of helping people kind of navigate seemingly monolithic organizations, right? Yes, Where, Roger, Whereas, you know, somebody looking at the VA who's never dealt with the VA, maybe they, you know, didn't go through a transition program when they were getting out of the military, they might look at the VA as being this, like, like you said, all this red tape mm-hmm. and all these, you know, things that are so difficult to navigate. So you kind of help them from the campus navigate into the VA. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas you kind of help veterans get in touch with, the college mm-hmm. life, whereas that could be a very yes. daunting task coming yes. out of the military. Yeah, yeah, help them navigate them into higher ed and then... Yep. 
They're my goal there. is to keep them there and graduate, yes. right? So if you graduate from the university, you've then been successful. Yeah. You know, and so that's a v- vital is there to help with that, is it, to really help you be as successful as you can. If I didn't have any experience with either one of those programs, uh, I would want to quit before I even started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so w- what do you do like to if you see somebody and they're kind of flagging? Is that a common thing where they're like, nah, I don't know about this, and you kind of have to almost turn into recruiters? In a way, like that's happened to me a few times when I was in my undergrad. I was having, you know, I had a few semesters. I was just getting my tail kicked, you know, and, you know, you that's when you have the mentors come in or your, you know, your little support group to kind of get you along the way. And that's what uh, the director at Veteran Services, Ross Bryant, did because I was the president of the student vets on campus. When I came on, the, the student veterans um, organization for the student being redundant here but you guys understand what i'm saying so i we were able to get that club restarted right and so there was a few times where i was calling into question my leadership and everything like that and and then i'm also getting my butt handed to me during the semester i'm like dude i don't know about this anymore right you know i was like maybe maybe i should take a step back but that's when that piece comes in um, with Ross or sending them over to James or Justin that does the vet success on campus or if they're deployed I'll send some vets over to merging vets and players um, if you guys heard of that nonprofit that's here in town for that support piece because I had that in place um, because there was a few times that I didn't want to finish it up you know I was just getting it hammered and so I'm glad I didn't listen to my inner self on that one and had the support in there so that's the whole intent too is with the VUB program, there's some mentorship in there as well, right? So we want to keep them enrolled. We want them to pursue their goals and achieve it. Part of the program requirements that the Department of Ed requires is I have to, or as a program, we need to follow that veteran for up to six years to see if they did complete that program. And if they didn't, then we need to reach back out to them and say, hey, what you know, what's going on? Can we do something? Is there a resource we can refer you to? So even on that piece, even if James in a program for a month or a month and a half, because that's might just what he needs, I need to check, you know, National Clearinghouse student database to see if he's still enrolled. And if I see that he's not, I'm like, hey, I need to reach out to James and see what's going on. And through there, you know, find out if we can help. And the recruitment idea is actually, for me personally on my program, that's a huge piece of it. So I'm, I'm doing outreach. I'm going anywhere that someone will let me come. Yeah. That's why I'm here today. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that, that I can let people know, hey, I, I'm at the campuses and I do want to help people. Uh, just yeah. like he said, you know, people are struggling all the time. And it's a rarity that people want to ask for help. Sure. And so that's why I make myself available everywhere. You know, yeah. So people will recognize who I am. And I always joke, I say, hey, if you need to yell at somebody, I'm over here. Just come on over, yeah. you know, and that's fine. <laughs> Whatever you need, uh, I want to help the person with it. So making that contact, uh, I think that's really, really important is part of recruiting to get people wanting to be in the program, to learning what it is. Because, yeah, if I say, hey, you need to go do X, Y, and Z. Nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, you got to show what's the actual value. Why Why do I want to come talk to James? Why do I want to go to the Upward Bound program? And so I think that's a huge piece of it is getting that information out and, like you said, recruiting. It is yeah. a lot of recruiting. I have to get my salary paid right mm-hmm. so I, I need to enroll veterans i need people to want to come see me or yeah. i'm not going to be there i need people in my vup program yeah. to keep it here so that's yeah. one of the things that james is saying we very aggressive in our outreach campaign mm-hmm. uh, we want the people we want the valley to know about it so because yes, we want to help we, we want to help right. and we have to recruit and we want to keep these programs in place and keeping them in place is showing that yes we are helping veterans 
with their needs when it comes to these different topics that we're discussing today. So like when you meet a veteran and you know they say you've been separated 5, 10, 15 years, they got a job, but they don't have a degree, maybe they could, you know, find a better job, but you know, there's kind of like eh, I don't I don't want to worry about it. Why do I need to finish up school? Mm-hmm. What do you like how do you pitch to them how important it is to to just finish up your education? I get I've gotten that quite a bit. Um what I like to tell them is how much the education has enriched my life. Because I was one of those when I was in the Army. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to school. I'll just go whatever. I'll get out and blah, blah, blah. But when I finally was making that transition, I'm like, well, I have this robust GI Bill that the American taxpayer has gifted me with. I don't want that to – I want to use that. Um, and so I just started going to school. And through that process, I found out I really enjoyed going to school. It was like a 180. You talk to my wife. She's like, yeah, he didn't talk that way when he was on active duty. Um, And I found out how much I enjoyed it. And it helped, too, that being involved with the veterans on campus and being the president of the Rebel Vets and getting that started again. Um, While I was there, we got a peer advisor for veterans education that was developed out of the University of Michigan. Um, And UNLV was one of the first 13 schools in the country. It was like a pilot program. And so basically, James gets out and like, hey, we have this program paved. Jeff's a mentor. He's the team leader. We have resources on campus. We're happy you're here. Just let us know how we can help you. And that's what the PAVE piece does. So getting involved in that, and then I was fortunate enough to get involved with a few things on the legislative, both state and federally, that just made it even more lucrative in my eyes and how much I valued what I, my decision to get out when I did and go to school. Like if I hadn't done what I did at that particular time, we would not be having this conversation. So I try and pass that on to the veterans that are going into school and have those things like get involved because I was at one. I was like, well, I'm just going to go to school. I don't want to get involved in anything. Um, And I'm glad I did because it opened up so many doors and so many opportunities. And education has enriched my life to the point that now I'm a director of programs. Right. So I finished my master's and I was able to become a director. So I just made this nice. It's just been a nice journey so far. Up to this point, it's been a fantastic journey. So I try and pass that on to the other veterans I talk to, my um, excitement for it and how much the education has enriched my life. When I say education, I mean anything, right? It doesn't matter if you want to be a truck driver or, you know, you want to be a plumber. There's an education piece to those jobs. You have to learn that. It's no different when you're on active duty. There's an education piece. I had to take tests when I was going to medic school, you know, to become an EMT and all that stuff. So... That's what I try and pass on to the veterans. And James, as somebody who is a veteran yourself and working with all these these veteran students, how important is it to you to help these veterans reconnect with some of the stuff at the VA? I think it's extremely important. Um, and I would say the, the education push, mine's a little bit different angle, but obviously I would agree with exactly what you said. But there's some people out there that will say, oh, well, I love my job. Yeah, I don't want to go to school. Yeah, I have the GI Bill, but I don't want to. And I'll, I'll kind of pitch the, the future aspect. You know, I come, I'm, grew up in Michigan, and anyone who's ever been to Michigan knows anything about it. It's basically factories, right? So you graduate from high school, you go into a factory at 18, you stay there for 30 years, and you retire. Half of the guys, can, women can barely walk afterwards because that's just how it is, and that's the normal. And so if there, people are in fields that are likely not going to be as easy when you're 50, 60 years old, that, that's the pitch I'll go with, right? You have this available to you. What does it hurt to go talk to the Upward Bound program, or what does it hurt to try a few classes and just see? Maybe it turns out that, hey, you like it because it's a structured environment where you have set goals and you know exactly what you need to do and where you need to be. Oh, that's very similar to what? 
your military experience, you know, so you can spin it in different ways. But yeah, getting people connected with VA, I look at it and you've, you've heard in a, I know this is a VA podcast, so I'm not supposed to say this, I'm sure, but uh, many people say, oh, well, I tried to call the VA once and they suck. You know, you hear that all the time, <laughs> and I hear that all the time because I, I'm right out there and in front of people. But I want to get people reconnected with VA and show, hey, this we don't suck. Actually, it's there's a lot of great things that you can get connected to, great people, yes. you know, getting involved in organizations, and, and so there's so many good things with VA that if people recognize and actually get involved, they realize, hey, I wish I would have done this before. You know, I say the same thing to people who say things like that about the VA as mm-hmm. I do about people who say things like that about their time in service. Yeah. yeah, You know, there's a lot of opportunities out there for you, whether you're an active duty, whether you're a veteran through the VA. It's all a matter of just knowing about those those programs and yeah. taking advantage of those. And if you get into usually one program is all it takes for people to say, oh, I guess I'm going to look some more, you know, and, or connect with other veterans. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you don't want to be involved in anything on campus. You started and thought... Oh, wow, this is great. I'm talking yeah. to other vets. I'm hanging out with people that you know, understand me. Yes. It definitely <laughs> you know, helped with that things. transition yeah. piece, right? Yeah. To a new organization, brand new culture that you got to learn and everything. So that did help with the piece yeah. and stuff like that. So so for veterans who are listening to this and want to know, how do I get involved in this? How, how do they get into Veterans Upward Bound? So you just do a Google search. We're on Google for Veterans Upward Bound. Um, we have a Facebook page, the Trio Adult Education. Um and so they can just go through there. Google will probably be the best way. And then if anybody has a pin, you can call 702-774-4200. That is my front office line. And then our program coordinator will talk to them and get them over to my team members to give them a, to talk to them about what they're interested in. So that's really the best way. Google Veterans Upper Bound will pop right up there for the Las Vegas Valley. And uh, for James, if you've got any students out there who are looking to, you know, learn more about the VA, in addition to just, you know, coming to the VA hospital or going through normal VA channels, uh, what's the best way that they get, yeah, you know, involved uh, in the vital program? Uh, call me and make sure you leave a message. You can text me if you want. It's a cell number. It's a 702-250-3096. And it's a number that is actually answered. It's not an automated <laughs> When you call, I will pick it up and you will hear this voice. <laughs> I will say, hello, this is James Taylor. <laughs> and so it's it's kind of nice to, to have that connection with people that when, if they need something, if they're willing to call, I'm willing to help out. And even if they're not technically in school yet, we have right here, we get them to the Upward Bound program or connect with what that person's looking for. You know, so that's a big yeah. part of it. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. This oh. has been very educational, no pun intended. No, thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, thanks been, for having it's us. It's been great. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I look forward to having you guys on more often or, or you know, talking more about some of these educational programs that are available through UNLV and, and other schools. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime you want to, just hit me up and we'll make it happen. Great. And uh, I want to thank everyone out there for listening, and we will see you in two weeks. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash lasvegasva. Thanks for listening.